0: John chapter number 7, John chapter number 7 this morning, and turn with me, if you would, to verse number 37, Psalm, excuse me, John 7, and verses 37, 38, 39, and 40, these four verses together. I'm going to ask you to read together John chapter number 7, the Gospel of John there in the New Testament. When you find that, if you would please stand with me out of respect for the Word of God, and we will read uh, these scriptures together. The Gospel of John and uh, New Testament starts, of course, with Matthew and Mark, Luke and John, one of the four Gospels. So standing together uh, in respect of God's word, John 7. And let's read, if you would, with me, please. Beginning uh, in verse number 37 and read four verses in unison together, please. Ready? In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Our text verse is verse number 38. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now Jesus uh, said, uh, I'm, uh, I'm the living water. And we recognize him uh, as uh, one of his titles or names. He's the living water. But here he teaches and he says... Uh, For those that believe on me, uh, the born again, the saved, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Then the explanation is given in the next verse, and he says, This spake he of the Spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit. And so it is God's intention that the Spirit of God flow through God's people to the world around us. That's his plan, that's his purpose. And uh, and that's a wonderful gift that He's given to us. I want to speak to you this morning on this subject. Probably, I don't know. I don't know where this sermon is going to wind up. I know where it's headed. I don't know where it's going to wind up, and I doubt that we'll complete it this morning. It's probably be uh, completed tonight, and we'll check with the Lord after to confirm that. Uh, but uh, but I want to speak to you this uh, this morning on the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Uh, a lot of God's people are exhausted, tired. How I many of you are tired right now? How I many of you are praying for a short? No, no please don't. <laughs> but um, a lot of God's people are tired, exhausted, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my finger on one of the big reasons why this morning. Let me speak to you for a while on this subject, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, how can I preach such a message without the help and aid of the Holy Spirit? So the best I know how, I yield myself to Thee. I take Luke eleven thirteen 13 as my uh, claiming that promise, Lord. And I'm trusting You, Father, to give Your Spirit as You said You would. Please help me, fill me and use me even as we preach in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, and you may be seated. The first soul that I ever led to Christ, personally, I think I was in the 8th grade. I might have been in 7th grade, but I believe I was in the 8th grade. And I, uh, uh, my brother had written me a letter. And in the letter, he talked about the concept of the principle of the fullness of the Holy Spirit, and how that the Spirit of God has given us to be a witness for Christ, Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. And encouraged me to seek the fullness of the Holy Spirit and pray for the Holy Spirit. And I, I'm sure, I'm absolutely sure that those things were taught to me, and I had heard teaching on the Holy Spirit and so forth like that, uh, and um, growing up most of my life. But that was the first time in my life that I ever remember consciously saying, you know what, I need to pray for the Holy Spirit to fill me and use me. And that week I prayed and we had our teen soul winning time. We'd load up on a van, much like our teenagers do. We'd go to a neighborhood, knock doors and pass out tracts and invite folks to church. And that day uh, we were in an apartment complex in Hickory there in North Carolina. And uh, I, I know in my mind uh, where the apartment complex is. I assume it's still there. Uh, and uh, I don't remember the door. I don't remember the person. But I remember the event and I remember the place and I was able not just to invite somebody to church, not just give them a track, I was able to ask them about their soul and I was able to go through the gospel plan with them and invite them to receive Christ and they responded, yes, I want to receive Christ and I got to lead a soul to Christ. And that's the first soul uh, that I ever had the privilege to personally Lead to Christ. And I got so excited about that. Eddie Riley was our, uh, was our youth pastor at the time. And I got back in the van. I remember saying, uh, 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 uh that, uh, uh, brother, brother Riley, I, I, I led someone to Christ. They got saved. It was wonderful. And, uh, and I remember telling him that about my, the letter and about the, how that week I had been praying, praying for the Holy Spirit to fill me and use me and, and work through me. And that had been my prayer that week. And I said, and and, and he did. He answered my prayer. And I, I feel like he gave me his spirit. He filled me with his spirit so that I could witness. And I remember what he said. He said, you know, he said, uh, that's wonderful. He said, that's great. He said, you know, we're commanded to do that, right? I said, yeah, I, I realize that now. He said, I wonder if it's a sin then if we don't seek the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And the answer to that is an absolutely yes it is. Because the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 5 it says be not drunk with wine wherein is excess but be filled with the Spirit. That's a command. It is a command. Now let me tell you why many of God's people are exhausted. Listen very carefully. We're exhausted because we're trying to do Spirit work with flesh power. And it doesn't work. Nothing will discourage god's people anymore, cause them not to enjoy the things of God like trying to do work that is the work of the Holy Spirit through us doing it in the flesh. It's exhausting, it's tiring, it's no fun. The joy leaves, and we by and this is commendable this I'm not speaking against it, I'm commending this part. By by sheer character and will and determination and a sense of duty, many of God's people go on and go on and go on, and even even with bitterness in our heart, we'll stand up and teach our class. Even mad at someone, we'll stand up and sing in the choir. Even uh, even uh, uh, backslid and eat up with lust, we'll go out and pass out tracks. And I I, I commend. God's people for exercising character and doing the right thing is still the right thing to do, and um, doing wrong in one area is, doesn't mean we ought not do right in another area. But I, but, I, but my point, my greater point is this: why I commend the sense of duty and commend the character that it takes to just go on and teach that class, even though you're in the flesh. And, and but, but but I say this: that's why we're exhausted. That's why we're exhausted. That's why there's no joy in it. There's no joy in it because that is a work, not our own work. I don't get anybody saved. I can't save anybody. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. But God has chosen to use you and I. Out of our bellies shall flow. That just means our inner being. Out of our bellies shall flow rivers of living water. God has chosen us to be the vessels through which He pours out His Spirit upon mankind. God has chosen you and I to deliver the fresh, life-giving water to those around us that need Jesus. Now, can I do something? That is a spiritual... That is a spiritual action. That happens in the spirit realm. That doesn't happen in the flesh realm. That happens in the spirit realm. To me, it is one of the most incredibly wonderful exuberating, joyful, uh, humbling experiences to experience what we read in our text in John 7. The rivers of living water flowing. Um, This is an old story, but I'll tell it. Uh, But years ago, I was still in Bible college and I was driving a 28-foot straight truck weaving through the little streets and alleys of downtown Chicago delivering packages, going to college at night. One of the night classes. And um, I, my my uh, straight truck uh, started having engine trouble and finally it conked out on me. And I was right downtown. I was maybe a block or so away from the, the great Sears Tower. One time was, a, they don't call it that anymore, but it was the, uh, the Sears Tower. One time was the largest building in the world and uh and 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 uh one way streets going this way and that way and so forth like that, and in the middle of these one way streets is uh' is a little a little uh green way, a little green area, some grass and a few park benches and trees and so forth like that and so here i i i was I called dispatch the uh, the truck knock uh uh, cut off on me i called dispatch on the radio and told them what was happening they said try this and they said try that and i tried a couple things and couldn't get the the, the truck to crank and so they said well just wait there be about 45 minutes before we can get somebody to you but uh, we'll we'll take you back to the shop and and you can transfer your freight and and whatever and so um and so i'm there and and sitting in the truck and i have 45 minutes and I'm, i'm 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 I've been, I've been learning about the Holy Spirit and praying for the Holy Spirit and praying for His fullness and praying for Him to use me and so forth like that. And I look over in this little green area between those busy downtown one-way streets and there's a man sitting on a bench, obviously by His demeanor and by His decorum and clothes and so forth, uh, homeless by all appearance. And the Holy Spirit said, uh, go talk to Him. You got 45 minutes. Go talk to Him. And so I got out of my truck, and I walked over and, and sat down, uh, 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 spoke to the man first, spoke to the man, and said, hey, I, my name's John, and, and uh, I'd like to have you had a track with me. I'd like to give you this uh, gospel track and, and uh, ask you about uh, the Lord. And he, he, sat, he was sitting on the bench, uh, 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 and it was head down, and uh, he didn't look up. He didn't respond to me. He didn't say anything to me. And um, I, I thought, well, uh, maybe he's deaf. I honestly thought, maybe you can't hear. <laughs> and I, so I, I thought, well, I was thought to myself to turn and walk away, but I thought, well, I, I'm not gonna, I can't go anywhere. It's not going to hurt. Maybe you can hear me. Maybe you can't. So I sat down on the bench next to it, And I said, I don't know if you can hear me or not, but I'm going to tell you how you can be saved. And I I, I I began to witness to him. I went all the way through the gospel, gave uh, gave the verses of scripture to him, explained each verse, illustrated each verse, as I've done so many times before. And, and, I, and I gave him the gospel. I said, sir, if you've never been saved, you could trust Christ as your savior today. And I said, I want to pray for you. And I bowed my hand and started praying. The man hasn't looked at me. He hasn't made eye contact with me. He hasn't moved. He hasn't said anything. He sat on the bench. That's all he's done. I've prayed for him. When I finished praying, my head was still bowed. I said, sir, I don't know if you've heard anything I've said or even if you, uh, if you have, if you understand it. I said, but if you have heard and you've understood and you want to be saved, you want to receive Christ as your Savior, may I help you do that? Why did you tell the Lord this from your heart? Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And the first words I heard spoken, he said, Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And it shocked me. I couldn't believe it. I'm there with my head bowed. I wanted to look at him, but I didn't. <laughs> Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. He said, Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know that because of my sin, I deserve to go to hell. I know because of my sin. I, d- I went to the sinner's prayer with him. Got done. Amen, amen. And when I lifted my head, he lifted his head and looked right at me. And he said, My name's John, too. I said, John, it's nice to meet you. John, did you mean that from your heart? He said, yes, sir, I did. And I talked to him about salvation and about assurance and so forth like that. And we chatted for a few minutes. I told him, I said, John, I said, I'm here Come, my truck broke down. And they're supposed to come, Dispatch supposed to come. That's my truck over there. And I said, better get back to the truck. I said, I don't know if i ever see you again. I said, but I'll definitely see you in heaven. And we had a very kind greeting as we, we parted. I went back and got in the truck and sat in it. My heart's full. You know, my heart's just bursting, you know, with joy. There's nothing like it. Just nothing like it. And I was just so happy. And a thought crossed my mind. God, did you just put me here for him? Is that why you put me here? And I said, nah, surely not. And I thought, well, won't hurt to try. I took the key out, put it in the truck, turned it over one time just like that started back up. I said, wow. I called dispatch. I said, I don't know what happened. I said, but the truck just started. They said, well, good, run your route. If it dies again, call us. I drove that truck for another six months, never had any engine problem in it. Now, can I tell you something? Jesus promised something to those who come to Him and believe on Him and yield to Him. He said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. I don't know about you, but buddy, I'd like to be in on that. I'd like to know that God's Spirit was filling me and working through me and doing things in the lives of others and helping others through me. Oh, listen, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit this week. Brother Hamilton and I were, were ministering to someone. And uh, and uh, we, we finished. We had a little bit business to take care of and so forth and a little council, perhaps. Uh, you might call it that. And we, we gave our council and took care of the business part. And uh, and then I said, uh, before we conclude, I want, I want to share something with you. And I began to share, this was, a, this was a grieving person, and I began to share a, mess, a portion of the message I gave several weeks ago uh, on uh, on heaven, I'm trying to remember, Homesick for Heaven we called it, I think. And I gave a portion of what I gave in that message, I gave a portion of that to this dear one <clears throat> that was hurting, and I told her about the streets of gold, and I told her about uh, 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 that, uh, we have a mansion. So we have an address and how we, uh, uh, Jacob and others died. The Bible said they were get, gathered into their people and that's not the family cemetery because he wasn't buried there in the family cemetery. Uh, 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 and so how, how that, that means that we're go, We go to heaven and we're in our, uh, uh, circle of people that we love and care for. And I said, you got loved ones up there and you don't know what your relationship's going to be like with them. I said, but you're going to be there, and it's going to be better than it was down here, and you're going to live near each other, and you're going to have eternity. And, and when I finished talking, all I could hear was weeping. 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 And the only thing that could be choked out was thanks pastor it was special wasn't it and I said to myself thank you Lord oh thank you thank you thank you I don't know about you but I want God to use me I want to be a blessing to others I want to be a vessel through whom God can comfort others I want to be a vessel through whom God can convict the hearts of others and folks can come to know Christ as personal Savior. I want you to take your Bibles and follow with me. We're going to use our Bibles quite a bit this morning and probably tonight. And turn with me to John in chapter number 14. John in chapter number 14. We're talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The ministry of the Holy Spirit. I want to give you three areas in these messages and I'll give them to you up front. I want to talk to you about, number one, the ministry of the Holy Spirit to us. And we'll talk about that. And then I want to talk to you about the ministry of the Holy Spirit in us. And then finally, I want to talk to you about the ministry of the Holy Spirit through us. The ministry of the Holy Spirit to us. Look at John chapter 14, if you would, please. And look uh, with me, if you would, that uh, Jesus is speaking here, of course, Jesus is teaching. And he says uh, in, uh, in verse number uh, 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 15, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. Now notice that, we'll come back to that later, capital C, that's a proper name, that is a name for the Holy Spirit. I will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of Truth. Notice the capital S again. Another name or title, if you will, for the Holy Spirit. Whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. Underline that last phrase in verse number 17. And shall be in you. When you take John 14 here that we just read and John 7, which we read a while ago, where God gives the explanation of, of this river of life that flows through us, out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water, uh, this make ye of the Spirit who, whom he had not yet given. So Jesus Christ is walking on the earth and he's telling his disciples ...of the fact that one day he's going to have to leave. Look at back at chapter uh, 14, verse number 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. I will, uh, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself... That where I am there, ye may be also. He's comforting, he's comforting the disciples. He's telling them, uh, uh, uh young men, I love you. I thank, uh, I, I, uh, I enjoy you. Uh, we've had wonderful fellowship, but I'm leaving soon. I'm leaving soon. But don't be troubled by this. Uh, 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 I'm going to leave. But if I leave, I'll come again. I'm leaving and I'm going to... While I'm gone, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Amen? I'm going to prepare a place for you and I'm going to come again. And if I come again, I'll receive you unto myself. Now here he's saying in these verses, in verses 16, 17 and following verses, what he's saying is when I leave, I'm not going to leave you without a helper, without a comforter. I'm going to leave someone to help you. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit and the uh, the Greek word is Paraclete, one who l- comes alongside one who helps you along, and that 's the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our life is to help us so jesus said i 'm going to be up in heaven i 'll be at the right hand of the father i 'll be conducting business i'll be in charge of the mansion building business and uh and uh, uh, uh and but i 'm coming back but while i 'm gone, the Spirit of God will be here, and he'll be with you and and He'll be in you. He'll be in you. Now this is a privilege of New Testament saints that the Old Testament saints did not have. Well, after Jesus ascended back up into heaven, the Holy Ghost came down and in His ministry now is to dwell in us. That's his ministry to us, to dwell in us. Listen, somebody says, uh, well, you know, if you do this, and this, and this, you lose your salvation. Wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Ephesians says this, that when we are believe on Christ, uh, uh uh that that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit, sealed to the day of redemption. We learn here that when Jesus said, said, I promise you, when I leave the Spirit, the comforter will come, and he'll be with you, and he'll be in you. In Hebrews 13, 5 said, I'll never leave you, and never first. Sake you! Now you sent some letters out. You paid some bills, perhaps this week, and uh, you probably got some little sticky on your tongue when you licked the envelope. And the Bible says, when you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes to indwell you. He licks the envelope and seals it and says, "Do not open until the day of redemption." Amen. Let me tell you something, my friend. You can. You listen. You can't get. You can't unsaved like you, you can't undrink a uh, drink of water. The Holy Spirit comes and live inside of us and uh, the Bible calls Him the earnest of our inheritance. An earnest money is a down payment. A down payment. God gave us His Spirit as an earnest. Listen, it's just a foretaste of what we have coming. Oh man, just a foretaste. But the indwelling presence of the Spirit of God is to everybody. How I many of you saved? say amen. You have God's Spirit living inside of you. Do you understand that? God is free in one. First John 5, 7, which if you have an NIV, has been cut out, or some other new perversion of the Bible. It's messed these verses all up, which is why you need a King James Bible. But 1 John 5, 7 says, there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, capital W, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. The Father, the Word, capital W, that's Jesus, First, uh, John 1 9, excuse me, John 1 1, in the beginning was the Word, capital W again. The Gospel of John 1 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's Jesus Christ, Capital W, Revelation 19, 13. Jesus is coming back on a white horse. We're coming back uh, when he sets up his throne uh, for the millennial reign. And the Bible said he's clothed in a vesture dipped dip with blood. And his name is called Jesus on a white horse. His name is called the Word, Capital W, the Word of God. Amen. <laughs> so John 1 John 5, 7, uh, uh there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, God the Father, God the Son, the Word. And the Holy Ghost. So God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost—three in one. Now let, let me let me help you a Pastor. I don't fully understand that. Thank God for that. You ought to thank God for that. Amen. By the way, I think we make it a little too hard to understand. I'm going to try to simplify it for you momentarily. But if you if if listen, if you need a God, you can figure out with your head that your God's no bigger than your head. And I seen your head. It's not anyway. um, If you have a you have a God that that you can you can cipher out and understand fully with your brain, then you have a God that's no bigger than your brain. You understand that concept? He that cometh to God, the Bible said in Hebrews, he that cometh to God must believe. You want to approach God? You approach God by faith. You approach God by faith. And so, and so, uh, uh, here we have the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. The word Trinity is not in the Bible, but the truth is in the Bible. It's in 1 John 5, 7 and other places. But in marriage, so we stand up for just a moment. In marriage, marriage is a team. Marriage is a partnership. The Bible said, uh, Genesis 2, 24, uh, therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. You with me? They too shall be one flesh. Marriage is two becoming one. Trinity is three who have always been and always will be one. Amen? A team, a basketball team, five players, or five become one unit for a particular purpose. The triune God is three. It does say there are three. Thank you, sweetheart. It does say there are three. Don't miss that. In your effort to explain the Trinity, don't miss the obvious. There are three. There are three. 1 John 5, 7. There are three. The Father, the Word, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Amen. That's why the Bible says one God. Amen. There's one God. But this God manifests himself in three persons. That's why the baptism of Jesus Christ, the heavens opened, and God the Father said, "This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased." And the heavenly dove, God the Spirit in the form of a dove, came and lit upon Jesus. There you had the Father, the Holy Ghost, and Jesus Himself, all right there together. Amen. Now I'm saying something. Listen, I I, I I don't understand everything about God or the nature of God, but I believe you can't you can't define God in human terms. You can't understand God in in the in the limitations of human explanation. But I. I know this, I know Jesus is God and, and I know this, that He's always been and always will be and I know that His Holy Spirit, God's Holy Spirit, came to live in me on a Wednesday night in the spring of 1979 and He said He'd never leave me and He said He'd never forsake me. I can't go to hell unless God goes with me. You talk about assurance. That's pretty sure. <laughs> yes. What's His ministry to us? His ministry is to indwell us. Listen, if you're lost today, that's what you're missing out on. If you're you're today, if you've never been saved, that's what you're missing out on. By the way, when you get saved, now all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit, you're you're in John uh, 14. Go to John uh, 16. John 16. The Holy Spirit's ministry is to indwell us. there's something else that happens. Look at uh, John 16. Jesus is speaking again. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient. It's necessary. It's of necessity for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter, that's a capital C, another reference again to the Holy Ghost, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is uh, come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my father and ye see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me. In this passage are several things about the ministry of the Holy Spirit to us, and also of the ministry of the Holy Spirit in us. So the Holy Spirit comes to indwell us, the Bible says. And let's take the word comfort, John 14 again, and also here in John 16, he's called the comforter. His ministry to us is to comfort us. Is to comfort us. You know, I told you this story time and again as well. But we spent uh, <clears throat> 23 days in the hospital of Abigail. And a little lady, when we came in uh, to the hospital, Miss Betty, uh, was, uh, just a volunteer, and she had a little little binder, a little uh, three-for-five binder and a pen, ink pen, and she met us in the lobby as we were checking in. And she said, uh, hi, and she introduced herself. And she said, "Could I, could I, uh, could I inquire as to your, why you're here and who's checking in the hospital?" We explained our daughter's going to have heart surgery, and this. She, oh, I would like to write her name down so I could pray for her, and this and that. She wrote her names down and wrote Abigail's name down, and and so in those weeks in the hospital, uh, Miss Betty would come by, and she she said, "Could I pray for y'all?" And when she prayed, when she prayed, it wasn't a speech. She was talking to the Father. And our hearts were touched. That dear lady with all my heart, I knew she was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now others came, professionals came, chaplains came, and uh and and, and I appreciate anybody who wants to spend their life ministering the best they can to others. But can I tell you something? Uh, having a, a piece of paper on a wall, that's great. It's a lot of hard work and the character you get getting that piece of paper is worthwhile. But I can tell you something, uh, that piece of paper doesn't make you qualified to comfort. Grief uh, grief classes don't make you qualified to comfort. Special training doesn't qualify you to comfort. You have no power to comfort. I have no power to comfort. But there is one, the capital C comforter who like a river of living water will flow through the belly of the believer who's yielded and surrendered to him and oh what a sweet thing it is to be comforted and then to comfort others his ministry to us is to indwell us and to comfort us in our text in John 14 and also in John 16 he said this way I'll guide you into all truth in John 14 he will teach you he will teach you you know who the divine teacher is Jesus Christ Jesus Christ. Listen, if you will read your Bible with the understanding of the ministry of the Holy Spirit and do uh, uh, what, what, what is written in the Psalms, Psalm 119, uh, 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 Psalm 119, uh, uh, 18, Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Oh, Holy Spirit, be my teacher. Open my eyes. Show me thy truth. Teach me as I read your word. This is his ministry to us. And you realize this. Listen, when you read the Bible, the author, holy men of old, uh, uh, Peter wrote, holy men of old spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Where do these words come from? These are not words that men wrote about God. These are God's words to man. How are they given to us? Holy men of old spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, is the author of this book. Amen. When you read the Bible, do you understand the author is right there with you? Now, you know, I, 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 this this, uh, this last week I used a little text uh, and from, uh, I think I used it already, uh, where, where David and Jonathan met together. And the Bible said until he exceeded, until he exceeded, David wept on Jonathan's shoulders. Uh, Jonathan's 28 years older than David. David's 20 years old. Jonathan's 48 and, and and they meet and they think it's going to be the last time together. And the Bible said that David wept until he exceeded. And I thought, man, I wonder what that means. And I, do, I made the same mistake I made many times before. And I checked with Albert Barnes, and he didn't know. And I checked with Matthew Henry, and he didn't know. I checked with J. Vernon McGee, and he didn't know. And I checked with about half a dozen other guys and finally said, Lord, what are we talking about here? <laughs> and he told me. He broke down. He tried to hold it in, and he broke down. He wept until he exceeded. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. He Where'd you get that? From the author. I got that from the author. Amen. Guess what? The author is with you as you open your Bible. Amen. He said, I can't understand. Have you talked to the author? Now wait a minute, look at what it says. You're in John 14. I mean, excuse me, John 16, is that right? You're in John 16. Look what he says. Howbeit, verse number 13, howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, capital S, that's the Holy Spirit, is come. He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will glorify me. Uh, verse twelve. I'm sorry. I should start verse twelve. I have yet many things. Jesus speaking. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of Truth, the Holy Spirit, is come, he will guide you into all truth. Now wait a minute. Look okay. at. Uh, let's see, Miss Cavendish. Uh, has uh, 14 uh, kindergartners ready to go into class. Is that right? All right, 15. We're up to 15. Praise the Lord. I'm praying for 17. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, 15 now. Can not hear 16? I hear 16, 16, 17. All right, anyway. So what's day one? Trigonometry? What's day one? The letter I. Okay. That's kind of selfish, isn't it? Uh, Uh, (laughs) Now, wait a minute. We're going to start kindergarten, right? We're going to have a teacher, right? We don't start with algebra. We don't start with diagramming sentences. We don't start with the War of 1812. What do we do? We start with a letter, a color, a number. And hopefully, that teacher, and then another teacher perhaps... Guides that child into truth, right? Guess what? That's what the Holy Spirit is. He guides us. Some people say, well, I tried to read my Bible, I couldn't get anything out of my Bible, and I just don't, I just not like other people. I can't, I can't get anything out of the Bible. Wait a minute, wait a minute. First of all, don't, don't, this is not an insult. This is not an insult, okay? But, but listen. By and large, that's because you're still in kindergarten. Spiritually. I'm not trying to insult you. That's nothing, there's nothing wrong with being in kindergarten. But you don't want to be in kindergarten for five years. Can you see that? Here's a 110-pound kid. A-A-Apple, That's good and well for a five-year-old, six-year-old. But listen, see, he said, I read the Bible, I couldn't get anything out of the Bible. Hey, here's what He said, I, Jesus said, I have a lot of things I want to teach you, but you're not ready for it. You're not ready for it. I'm sending a teacher, divine teacher, and he's going to guide you into all truth. Listen, do you ever tell me what a guide is? Could be my guide, would you? Please? Be my guide, please. If you would, uh leave me. Uh, where are we going to go? Let's leave. You leave me to the piano? Okay. All right, go ahead. Oh, we got time shoot sure. sorry god where'd you go god god where'd you go god where are you I guess he abandoned me god where are you oh there you are okay okay all right Okay. Where are we going? Piano. Okay. Uh, you know, I love this little seat right here. Oh, let's see there. Swing my legs. Oh, my God. Where's my God? God. God, where are you? God. Oh, no. Where's my God? I'm over here. <laughs> well, I'm over here. Why'd you leave me? I'm leading you to the piano. Oh, that's right. you leave me to the piano. Okay. All right. (laughs) Now, what are we illustrating? If a guide says, we're going to the piano, you can come if you want to, and takes off the piano and leaves me over there, he's not a guide. You understand me? He's not a guide. What does a guide do? A guide will go as fast as you can keep up. A will go as fast as you can. Let me tell you something, a little buzzword in Christian circles. I'm not convicted about that. As though whether or not you feel bad about something should be the authority as to whether you should or should not refrain. Somebody help me now. I'm getting a little ahead of myself because one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit in us is the ministry of conviction. As well, I don't feel convicted about that. As though that should be the reason we decide to do or not do something. You didn't get that out of the Bible. <laughs> Hello? The Bible's our final authority. He's well, I, I don't understand that part. Yes, and that's why He is our God. Where's He take it to us? Into all truth. You understand that? And to whatever degree you will keep up with Him, as He guides you, He will guide you into other truth. Look, if God convicted you of every sin in your life right now, at the same time, you, you would die. <laughs> You'd die. Thank you. You could be seated, um, but he he is patiently guiding us through his truth. This is his ministry to us. He indwells us. He comforts us. He teaches us. Look at John fourteen again. John fourteen. John fourteen. Verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So he'll be teaching you things you've not been taught yet, but he'll also be, number four, reminding you. He'll be reminding you. Anybody ever have your kids remind you? Anybody ever have your wife remind you? Nobody wants to testify right there. Uh anybody ever have the Holy Spirit remind you? Hey, don't forget. Don't forget. And you're in the middle of something the Holy Spirit says, Ah, that about you we we talked about this. Remember that? Remember that? Remember that? What you read? Remember that sermon? Remember that Sunday school lesson? Remember that? That's His ministry. His ministry to us is to indwell us. His ministry is to comfort us. His ministry is to teach us. His ministry is to remind us. And His ministry is to guide us. Now, friends, I'm going to stop there this morning. May I say this? But I don't know about you. But I, I do not want to walk through the Christian life with a blindfold on my eyes. I don't want to walk through uh, having... Uh, I've grieved the Holy Spirit. I've resisted the Holy Spirit. I've vexed the Holy Spirit. I've pushed Him away. I've insulted uh, uh, the Holy Spirit, resisted the Holy Spirit's conviction in my life. And the Bible said this all the way back in Genesis. God said this, My spirit will not always strive with man. I've, I've listened... Ephesians chapter 4 says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. I'm absolutely convinced that for many Christians, for many Christians, the Holy Spirit, they're born again, they're saved. But for many Christians, the Holy Spirit is over in the corner of their life, curled up in the corner, with his knees pulled up to his chest, and his hands around his knees. He's grieving. He doesn't want to talk to anybody, He's grieving. He doesn't want to interact with you because he's grieving. He's hurting. He's off in a corner. He's, I'm not listen. He said he'd never leave you nor forsake you. God, the Spirit comes and He dwells within us. And He said He'd never leave us, never forsake. But the Bible said He can be resisted. He can be vexed. Uh, he can be grieved. And if we ignore Him and we resist Him, and when He convicts us, we push Him away, we grieve Him. And you don't feel like doing much when you're grieving. When you're grieving, you just want to lay in bed and pull the covers over your head. The Holy Spirit just wants to do much through us. But if He's grieving in our lives, then you know what we're doing? The Christian life on our own. And we're exhausted because we're doing spiritual work. What we used to enjoy, we used to be a joy to us, what we used to enjoy, it's become a tiresome drudgery. Why? Because we're doing it. In our own strength and power. We've grieved the Holy Spirit. And we have enough character not to quit. We have enough enough sense of duty. We're going to do it. We're going to be in our place. But the truth is, we're not. It's not a river of living water flowing through us. It's our best words, our best effort. And that is exhausting to try to exact spiritual results with fleshly means. It cannot be done. It's impossible. And sooner or later, sooner or later, you're going to say, well, I'm tired of doing the work. Nobody else helps around here. 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Listen, can I tell you something? If if, uh, if 80% of the people... Want to give me their blessings? I'll take them. Amen. I'll take them. Nobody else. I'm I'm burnt out. I'm burnt out. Can I tell you something? I I, I understand. I understand about priorities. But but can I tell you something? I'm absolutely convinced. A lot of burnout of God's people is people exhausted because they're trying to do the work of the Spirit in the flesh and it can't be done. The Holy Spirit is a ministry to us. Indwell us, teach us, guide us, comfort us. Let me ask you a question. Are you you aware of the Holy Spirit in your life? Do you commune with him? Do you talk to him? Do you yield to him? Do you ask him for his help and for his power? Do you push him away when the Holy Spirit says, no, no, don't look at that. Uh, You don't, no, no. And you, ah. Is the Holy Spirit active in your life? Do you want him to be? Let's bow our heads, please.